Hi everyone, Lucy Kipperski, editor of Flying Solo, and this episode is brought to you by Flying Solo's Premium Membership, a series of tools and benefits to benefit your business, all for just $2.99. Go to our website to find out more. We need more positive stories about the bush in the media. That's what agricultural photographer Kim Story told me when we spoke a few months ago. I'd contacted Kim about the incredible post she'd written on LinkedIn about the effects of drought on small business, and particularly in terms of the rural towns and how people can help. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. Now, we have so much to discuss today, um, including your incredible book, which is called What Does a Farmer Look Like? But I wanted to start with some comments from your LinkedIn post about the impact the drought's having on small business and a little bit more about the frustration you were expressing because of just how much innovation there actually is in the small business space in rural Australia and what can be done to support those businesses. What's ultimately driving the frustration? Yeah, what's ultimately driving your frustration around that in a nutshell? (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, I guess the frustration is um basically because of the drought and it's and it's because you have um zero control of the weather you know there's nothing that anyone can do to make it rain um and that's the only thing that that will fix the drought um so the businesses in a small town rely on their local residents on tourists and on the farmers and their families um for their business uh and as a drought worsens you know first the farmers stop spending um they're not spending money on things like, you know, eating out at the local pub or clothes at the local shop or jewellery or family photos or toys or anything that, you know, isn't um, really necessary. And then, mm. you know, the people in town might find that their jobs might be at risk depending on where they work um, or their hours, you know, might be cut back so they stop spending as well. So that leaves tourism and that can be um, a challenge during drought as well. So I will say, though, that, this year, um, there's been a real shift and uh, people are, are venturing out into drought affected areas, um, because of, the, I guess, the attention that's received and they recognize that, um, spending their money in a drought affected town can have a real, um, a real and positive effect. So, um, yeah, I guess that's where the, the frustration lies. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's such an important point to make because I think often, you know, we can get into the idea of giving donations, which obviously also really helps. But if we're yeah. not, as you say, investing in the towns themselves, um, where that money is, is actually, you know, changing hands into the people that actually need it all the time, then we're not doing as much as we can. I think we're, we're talking at the moment, um, and it's towards December, the beginning of December, end of November, and yep. the Buy from the Bush campaign, which is a pretty incredible success story on Instagram. Now, they've amassed about 100,000 followers in the last couple of months. In fact, I think it's been about three months that that's accelerated. And a bit yeah. of background on that for anyone that doesn't know about that, that's, that's a, an Instagram page that essentially is highlighting small business in rural Australia. I wondered you know, that's one way of, of bringing those small businesses to the, the forefront of people like me who are sitting in offices in, you know, not rural Australia. What else do you yeah. think we can do um, to sort of highlight just how much there is going on in that small business space in rural Australia? 
Yeah, so the buy from the bush campaign um, has, you know, made big inroads in um, in harnessing the positive sentiment that exists from, you know, metro people towards rural and regional people at the moment. Um, and it's really amazing to see. It's really uplifting, actually. <laughs> um, yes, so that is. sentiment is what Incredible. needs to be encouraged. Yeah. So we can encourage that sentiment further um, from not only shopping online but actually jumping in the car and holidaying in the country, you know, as something different. Um, the more people that we can get out here from the metro areas, um, you know, the bigger the boost to the economy of small towns. Um, and as well as that, you know, people may fall in love with the little town they visit and want to relocate there, which boosts the population and that's what's needed to keep services in town and businesses thriving. So. Um, you know, relocating your work or, or your business to a small town is, um, is more than possible now with, um, you know, the, the technology that's available to us and the ability to work remotely, um, particularly with the likes of, um, Pointer Remote Roles that's run by Joe Palmer. I'm not mm. sure if you've heard of her. Yeah. Yeah. So she's facilitating, um, remote working roles between employees and employers and that helps you know, keep locals in town and it also helps others, you know, that want to make a, a tree change and, and move um, out of metro areas. So, um, you know, you can move to a small town and have all the benefits of community that that brings, which um, I don't want to generalise, but I when I lived in, a, in bigger, um, even regional centres, you know, that sense of community wasn't, wasn't there Um you know, here in a little town, you you know your neighbours, and you know if something happens, everyone dives in to help. So, um, encouraging people to move out here, uh, you know, is a really great way of um, boosting the economy of a small town as well. So, um, and then having you know people like yourselves that are um, that are you know interested in what we're doing and and wanting to to help um, promote our businesses is amazing. Um, and getting sort of information out there about social media and how to harness that. Um, Facebook have been, you know, running mm. workshops out here lately um, for small business owners. So that sort of stuff's really important as well. Absolutely. I think the more that we're exposed to, obviously, the, the bigger difference that can make. Now, just a little bit more about you. So we're speaking to you today and you're on a farm near Ugara. Is that the right way to pronounce it? Yes, spot on. <laughs> Oh, good. That was a good guess. Um, which is in yeah. um, which direction? In, which direction in in New South Wales? Are you so it's central pretty west? Um, close. Yeah, central west. So it's between Forbes and Orange. Okay. And uh, now, yeah, it's just a little town of about seven hundred yeah. people. Okay. Oh, wow, seven hundred. And yeah. where's your closest big sort of centre? Um, the probably closest one is Forbes, which is a um a bigger town, and then. Um, Orange is probably the next biggest um, that's close to me, which is about 50 minutes away. So, And have you always lived in that area? Yeah. No. So I um, moved here about four years ago. Um, I was down around Goulburn and Mossvale down in the Southern Highlands. Um, and I, I moved here pretty much because the little farm was here. Um, and Yugara might be a, a tiny little town, but it's right in the middle of quite a lot of bigger uh, centers. So, you know, for a photography business, um, that was pretty important to have access to those bigger towns. Mm. 
And what inspired your book? So your book's called What Does a Farmer Look Like? Now, I know you published that a couple of years ago now, a year ago? Yeah, a year ago. So August last year it was um, out in the world. <laughs> um, so as a photographer, I wanted to um, put a coffee table book together for quite a while and um, I just wanted it to be a bit more than pretty photos because, you know, there's a lot of that out there and how do you stand out. So um, I was in a, a conversation on social media about the perception of, it sort of started out perception of women in farming and then farmers in general. And I, I literally just Googled the term, what does a farmer look like and had a look at the images and they were, um, they were all, you know, old men with beards and um, <laughs> bib and brace overalls and pitchforks and, you know, really um, stupid looks on their faces and really dumbed down versions. And there were very few women um, and kids either. So it just didn't represent anything that I knew about um, farming now in Australia. So that's sort of how it kicked off. I just thought I could make a difference to that image. Absolutely. And, I mean, there's no such thing as a typical-looking farmer, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I've um, Sorry, you go. Sorry. So I um, put a shout-out on uh, Facebook to find people to get in touch with me and there was – I could have put three books together. There were so many people that just wanted to tell their stories and show who they are. So um, there's just over 100 people in the book and, they, and you're right, they all look very, very different. <laughs> That's amazing that you got that much reaction. That's great. And what do you think accounts for that? What was compelling people to want to share their story? Is it that they feel a bit hidden? I think it's more um, a frustration about what we see in mainstream media. So it's extremely difficult to get a positive story in a good season about innovative farmers into mainstream media. But when there's something like a drought or a fire or a flood, um, and there's dramatic images to be seen. Um, it's that's all that seems to get in there. So for for us, um, for farmers, that's that's quite uh, frustrating. You know, I see lots of comments like um, oh, negative things on social media, like you know, we never hear from the farmers in the good times, and that uh, that's not from a want of trying. <laughs> that's um, yeah. So that was another key reason for putting this book out there to try and get something positive out into the world about farming um, and, yeah, try and balance out the narrative, I guess. Yeah, which you've, which you've clearly achieved. Now, you're a, um, a commercial photographer. Have you always done that for yourself or have is this your sort of first foray into independent working? No, so I um, worked in... Um, sort of farm supplies and livestock production for a long time for a corporate company. Um, and then four years ago I decided I'd had enough of that world, even though they were great to work for. But um, I, you know, wanted to get out and do my own thing and photography had been um, something I'd loved for a long time. So I yeah, pulled the pen and bought a farm and started a family and commercial photography business all in the one hit um, in a little town <laughs> oh, yeah. that I didn't know anybody in. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's a little bit of a maybe a midlife crisis. (laughs) (laughs) And what was probably the most challenging part of that? Because there would be a lot of things going on in in all of that change. Yeah. um, Gosh, the most challenging thing. Um, Probably for me um, my most challenging thing 
well, right now it's the drought and how that's affecting my business. But when I was starting out, um, the um, my ability to back myself, I guess. So, mm. have, you know, having um, confidence in your abilities and, um, you know, it, like it's like imposter syndrome, I guess. So it's it can sneak up on you, and um, you know, having a having the confidence in yourself and in your abilities and the quality of your work and your products um, can be a real challenge to find, particularly when you have a run of um, people saying no to you or that um, they don't like something about what you do or they don't like your pricing or you know sometimes you just it's a roller coaster you can get a run of those and then. Um, so my biggest challenge is to bounce back from that. And that Ooh. four years later, I'm still having to work on that. So it's a constant, the constant, um, work in progress. <laughs> and do you find that you have to keep reminding yourself that you've kind of gone, you know, you've improved since you began and you'll keep improving? Is it sort of a bit of self-talk in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, every now and again, if I go back and look at my work when I first started, I can see, you know, how much that's changed and improved. So, you know, that helps. And then having a network of people around you that are, um, you know, other small business owners that are going through exactly the same thing uh, are really good. Like we're all very good at um, supporting each other and telling each other how amazing the other person is, but we're always very hard on ourselves. So having those other Mm. people around you, having a network is um, really important, especially when you work from home on your own because it can be really lonely. So you need to be, um, yeah, in contact with other other people um, in your in your network. And when you say your network, are you talking about a mix of both people that are on sort of like a social media, like a Facebook group, or do you meet up with people in your town? How do you? Is it yeah, a little bit of yeah, a little bit of everything. So, um, so I've. Uh, quite an anxious person when it gets to social events so but I've made myself go to um industry events and conferences um particularly the rural women's conferences that happen all around the country and that way you know you're meeting people that are um in the exact same situation pretty much that you are like you know they might be living on a farm trying to run their business from there uh on their own or and, and having, you know, being able to talk to those sort of people is um, really important um, and joining your industry body. So for me it's the AIPP for photographers um, and, you know, getting to some of their events and meeting other accredited people within my area has been um, really important as well because, um, you know, the same thing, they're going through the same issues in their business so you can nut things out with them. So, mm. yeah. Absolutely. And living on a farm as you do, and as you've mentioned before, you know, you're not necessarily that close. You're 50 minutes from a bigger town, which might not mean that much to a rural person, but to a city person like me, that seems like a long way away. But what do you do um, to look after your own well-being, doing all that you're doing? Because you mentioned you, ha- you have a young family as well. No, no, I'm on my own. So I don't mm-hmm. have a... Um partner or kids so um yeah look that can be tricky um getting outside um and getting away from your business you've got to allow, yes. allow yourself to do that um we have a 
um, a group in town which is um, active farmers. So they have lots of little groups in little towns all around the country and it's an exercise um, group. So it's a little bit like a boot camp thing that runs twice a week. So getting to that oh, wow. um, means, yeah, it means you're, you're socialising and you're also um, exercising, which is both things are very important, I think, <laughs> in um, mm-hmm. trying to yeah. manage your mental health. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah. And I just, I guess I wanted to make sure that we are, you know, we're giving you this platform to kind of spook the, the positive story, in which there is a lot. I was listening to a podcast yeah. um, earlier today actually about a woman who had moved to Wagga Wagga and she was saying that living in a small country town has actually helped her be the person that she wanted to be because she's not so running around driving to places. Life is, um, inverted commas, easier in terms of the logistics. Um, I just wondered if there was anything else you wanted to share with everyone about sort of what you see as the main the main pros of living in a place like you do and working like you do yeah that's exactly right so um if i want to go to the butcher's shop in town i just go in there and i park in the front at the front of the shop grab what i need and i can head home and it's the same for any little business in town whether it's a hairdresser or the cafe or the pub or the supermarket or post office it's pretty rare that you can't just head straight in there park grab what you need and get going and I, you know, you're working from home, or even if you are working at a, in an office or whatever in a smaller town, you don't have the commute issues. So, mm. um, you know, you're not having to travel one or two hours, say in Sydney, from the outer suburbs into work in the city. So, um, that I mean, that's for me is my the biggest um, pro for living in a small town, um, and the sense of community. So, you know. Everything's small. Everything's a bit more tighter knit. Um, you get you get to know your neighbours really well. Whereas I found living in the city, I, for whatever reason, I never even knew my neighbours. So um, yeah. the sense of community, yeah, the sense of community is really um, quite amazing. And they're, I mean, they're probably my biggest two things. And I guess just the space, you know, the space and the quiet mm. and. Um, you know, you can get everything you actually need um, in a small town. So, Kim, we've covered off on the the challenges of running a business in a rural place, but tell me what the most rewarding aspects of that is. Um, so there's a few things. Um, I mean, living rural, just, you know, the space and the connection to the land and the community is the, one of the most rewarding things. But um, in my photography business, um, when families uh receive their photos and love them and let me know it's just the best feeling to know that you know that i've created something that will be um you know forever valued by another family is pretty special and then um with my books um i've been able to put together something that shows uh, an accurate portrayal of our you know modern farmers and um shows them for the you know caring and innovative business people that they are and I just love that I've been able to do that um and then of course being your own boss is great (laughs) even you know with the constant roller coaster of ups and downs that is small business um you know being able to decide how when and why you're doing something um in your own business is something that I really 
uh, value. So, yeah. That's, that's wonderful. All excellent, excellent reasons. And yeah. just so we know where to find you, I, I'd love you to let us know where we can find you online and also where we can buy your amazing book from and obviously also your photography website. Yeah, so um, on social media uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram, um, just what does a farmer look like. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Uh, the handle's Avalind, uh, Photog. So A-V-A-L-I-N-D-P-H-O-T-O-G. And then, um, to buy books, you can grab them on the website, which is just what does a farmer look like dot com. And my, um, photography website is avalindphotography.com. So that's where to find me. That's brilliant. Kim, thank you so much for sharing your story with us on Flying Solo and um, I encourage everyone to go and check you out. 